0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to <laughs> Dash Academy. I'm your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me tonight is our faculty professor of home ec and wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning.
2: Let's go Dashers.
0: Professor of English Language Arts, Molly McGill.
3: Top of the evening, everyone. Or daytime, depending.
0: <laughs> and our five-time oh, reigning champion,
4: professor of steam, Nate Green. Thank you everybody, you've been wonderful. Have a great night. <laughs> um, this- <laughs> That's a Good night! Thanks for watching. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <though. me>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> our visiting professor today is Jack Malosh, actor, musician, and voiceover artist. You might recognize his voice from the audiobook Spider-Man, The Darkest Hour by Jim Butcher, Cuphead in Carnival Chaos by Ron Bates, Easy Prey by Katherine Lowe, and Night Drop by Marshall Thornton. Jack has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. They yeah. will do their best to compete in a series of comedy competitions. At the end of each, Jack will assign points to a competitor he feels is most worthy. He's not looking for the correct answer and will likely not get one. He's looking for the best (laughs) answer. (laughs) The points are arbitrary and can be given to anyone for any reason. At the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion, defending his title. Come on is five-time reigning champion, Nate Green. Green. people's champ. It is now time for a pop quiz. Our first pop quiz is from Professor Molly McGill of English Language Arts. Molly, what do you have for us?
3: Oh, hello, faculty. So lovely to see you again. Hello, visiting professor. Jack, so nice to have you with us. As we always do, we're going to kick this baby off. With a word of the day. I'm going to give you a word, and our faculty are going to tell you what they think it means. I hope you've all studied this week. I'm looking at you all. Yep. Jack,
5: when they're done, we're going to review, yeah.
3: and you <laughs> let me know whose answer you think is the best, or answers, by giving out some points. Are you ready?
5: Oh,
6: yeah.
3: Today's yep. word is aunting, aunting. Today's word aunting, is aunting, aunting haunting
4: aunting, haunting 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 uh it's uh a uh disease after you ride a haunted hayride, um and somebody's <laughs> like what the hell happened to you and you can't get it out because you're so scared you have the hiccups so you're like haunting 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 so um it went on for quite a long time but they shortened it to two hauntings <laughs> okay Nate. that's the <laughs> the that
3: Yes, very interesting answer.
4: Uh Bob, thanks.
0: So, aunting-aunting is uh it's new to us, but it was very common in the ancient world. Aunting-aunting anting is what happens when you have two women who marry each other.
6: Oh.
0: What they become to their children, or to their grandchildren, or to their nieces and nephews, is aunting. aunting
3: Okay, Bob, really interesting answer there as well. Steve, what, what do you got for me?
2: Uh, this is a brand new word. Um, it came out 2019, published into the, uh, <clears throat> one of the uh, dictionaries. Now, the word avuncular has existed in, in our uh, vernacular <laughs> for many years. Uh, Bob is already laughing at my answer. That's good. Avuncular is um, having the attributes of an uncle. And uh, Mm. usually you're like good with kids or you're funny or you you, uh, do magic tricks when uh, nobody wants them. Uh, This is kind of the opposite. Women kind of felt like maybe they weren't being represented the same in in the English language as uncles were. Um, So they decided to create their own word for aunts, uh, which means kind of the similar thing. Aunting, aunting. There you go, Molly. That's your definition.
3: Wow. Hope you uh, worked Uh, really hard on that one, Steve. Okay, Marie. My
5: my connection fuzzed out as soon as he was giving his definition. I'm so sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You didn't miss much.
2: (laughs) one yet
0: that's schrodinger's answer it is both horrible and brilliant
2: oh
3: steve steve you want to give a recap steve what what do you think
2: here's the quick one for you jack it's the uh the female uh the aunt version of a avuncular you know the word avuncular oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. being yeah, like yeah. an uncle it's the mm-hmm. aunt version of that got it
6: Okay,
3: thanks for the recap, Steve. You could have just went with that in the first place. I think. I know. Anyways, Marie,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually surprised, Coach Steve, that you didn't know about. It is a newer word. Um, it, uh, aunting aunting is the heckle that um, stadium people, people in stadiums watching a baseball game, will heckle when someone is about to bunt. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it, the, how it got to aunting aunting is a long and convoluted story, but it's uh, the heckle for when someone is preparing to bunt a baseball.
3: Okay, great. Okay, so Jack, just to recap here, we have Nate's haunted hiccup hayride. We have Bob's incestual aunts. We have Steve's favored aunt, jealous of the favored uncle. And we have Marie's shorthanded hecklers for bunting. What, what are you feeling?
5: You know, at least at the time of year when this is being recorded, it's a beautiful day outside. I can definitely picture enjoying a nice baseball game, were it not for, you know, the obvious. But I can definitely picture in my mind's eyes as 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 we've got the batter up just being like haunting 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 haunting. <Hyun> yeah. So I'd say fifty points to Marie for that and I'd say that's I'd say that's the sol- that's a solid answer.
3: That is right. a well deserved 50, 50, 50 points. However, faculty haven't been studying it once again. Just to clarify, aunting aunting does mean <clears throat> a lucky charm or good luck piece, something that I hope you all carry with you in what you do. Oh.
1: So it could be a heckle.
5: I mean, it could be a good luck heckle.
1: Good
3: luck.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Good luck.
2: A good yeah, luck a heckle.
1: got <laughs> yeah. this bracelet made of
2: bones. That's my aunting, aunting. There you go. <laughs> oh, now, funny. what kind of bones? They never told me in the Native American shop I went into, but
0: you're going
2: <laughs> anything you want. Hey.
6: There you go.
0: All right, so before we move on to the next game, I'm going to spin an opening icebreaker question for Jack from the Balderdash randomizer. Okay. The spin will generate a random question that Jack will try to answer in one minute, or less. These questions can be anything from work and play to random information or general trivia. The icebreaker question is...
5: <laughs> about career, what's your favorite part of your job? Oh, I would say probably my favorite part of my job is just when I get to... uh just completely leave behind the hellscape that is our reality at the moment uh just getting being able to like literally just dive into other stories and be a whole array of different people and characters is just an absolute joy to me especially when i'm especially when i'm given the instructions to quote unquote go nuts um it's joy absolute joy
0: All right. 35 seconds. Excellent answer. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Did you (laughs) yield the rest of your time, Jack?
0: He yields the rest of his time to you, Steve. So our first game is called Four Questions in honor of Jack's work with Jim Butcher's Spider-Man The Darkest Hours. Tonight's four questions will be about everybody's favorite neighborhood web slinger, Spider-Man whichever one of our faculty members gives the best not necessarily the correct but the best answer jack will award points our first question stan lee originally got the idea for the teenage web slinger by watching what steve what do you have
2: uh he was watching his nephew uh try and climb the side of a skyscraper um and it went very very poorly as you can imagine and he said what if what if my nephew had the had the powers of a spider and uh could actually scale the side of a uh, skyscraper
0: Mm. was he in a harness or did he just freestyle it
2: up you know i don't want to spoil the ending uh but you can imagine in your own mind what happened to stanley's nephew it is horrifying marie what's your
0: answer
1: um, Stanley was actually at his vacation home, um, he, on a lake. He was sitting in, he was ha- waking up from a nap in his canoe and he opened his eyes and along the dock was a large, large spider web. And, um, he saw the spider moving faster than his eyes could uh, accept the movement. Um, and suddenly the, the spider had disappeared and then suddenly it was on his forehead. And so he realized that sp- there is some potential here for some, some superhuman capabilities. And that was how he got the inspiration. Spider-Roger Dog. Great
0: answer. So from a large spider web and ninja spider.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Molly, what's your answer?
3: Uh, he got the idea from watching his wife kill a spider while yelling at their teenage son. And he mm. thought... Why not just let the spider live? Why does your anger have to be expelled upon this poor, helpless spider? If only my teenage son and this spider both had the powers to conquer her evil, we would have. Wait a minute. Oh, whoa. Whoa. And there's it. That's how it went.
0: Mm. All right. So watching his wife kill
4: a spider while yelling at their teenage son, Nate, what do you have? well, this happened, uh, Stanley was living in New York City, do, working there, doing, you know, a lot of stuff there. Uh, and he witnessed a um, a young kid um, help an older, uh, I don't know if it was a woman or a man, but it was an elderly person across the street. And he thought, he's like, see, not all heroes have to be adults. They can be kids. And you should be inspired to start doing good as soon as you can. Um and he so that's how he got the kid for the teenage part. Now the spider, he was listening to no doubt spider web um, or sp- spider the no doubt song on his uh, AirPods. So that's how oh, the yes. Spider Man came to be.
0: That was right after Stan <laughs> the Man discovered time travel.
4: Yes, yeah, he he went to Stephen Thanks Hawking's so. uh, uh, party. He was the only one that was there. <laughs>
2: He's a watcher, that makes so sense. He does kind of jump around a little. bit. Mm. <laughs> it does.
0: So we have Steve with the, uh, his nephew tried to climb the side of a skyscraper. We have Marie, which with a large spider web and a ninja spider. Yes. We have Molly with, he was watching his wife kill a spider while yelling at a teenage son. And we have Nate, he watched a kid help the elderly across the street and listened to No Doubts Spider Web. Mm. All answers. Um, The actual answer was he was inspired by watching a fly climb up a wall in his Marvel
2: office. So why did the fly have a Marvel office? (laughs) Uh, The fly had a Marvel office
0: because at that point in time, most comics were entirely made of (laughs) So... (laughs) so it's okay alan Alan has my back
6: Um, (laughs) i'm not sure he does
0: that time
5: so jack yeah how would you like to score um well all very good answers uh i will say i i really liked molly's passion and and the uh the uh the, uh, the the passion for the natural, for not wanting to hurt that spider, and the caring for the spider, because the spider has a life too.
6: Mm.
5: 30 points for that. However, I think the best answer in my mind's eye was uh, Steve's story about Stan watching his poor nephew climb the— was I don't know if it was the Chrysler building or which sp- skyscraper yeah, it was, it was. It was. <laughs> uh, but— uh, uh, Just I can absolutely picture Stan Stan Lee just imagining, like, if only my nephew had those super (laughs) sticky hands or if he could swing and he would still be alive today. So 50 points to Steve for that.
0: Yes, let's go. Our next question. So Stan Lee uh, and Steve Ditko, who was the artist on the first Spider-Man,
6: brought the idea to to Martin (laughs) Martin
0: Goldman. Goldman. Uh, Martin Goldman at the time was the head of Marvel and he responded that is the worst idea I've ever heard. People hate spiders and teenagers are not good for anything but a sidekick. So their boss hated the idea. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko did what? Marie what do you have?
1: Uh, they, they just did it anyway. They rogue hired their own film crew and just took to the streets of New York City and just just uh, drawing crew. I mean, drawing team. <laughs> <laughs> I know comics. Uh, yeah, they just did it anyway. They said, Marvel head man, we don't give a damn and we're doing it anyway.
0: So they did it anyway and hired a rogue drawing uh, crew. Yeah. Uh, Molly, what do you have?
1: (laughs) Well, they were pretty PO'd,
3: right? Like, they worked hard on this. It was a great idea. They had a killer pitch. So what they decided to do was prank their boss and then book two tickets to Marblehead, where they vacationed after. They wrapped his entire (laughs) desk in cellophane. They they uh, hot glued his stapler to the desk. They went classic old school because, you know, this is old school times. Wow. They also put uh, super glue all over his seat. They put his pen there, his favorite pen that he used, just adhered it. And then they're like, going to Marblehead.
0: So they pranked their boss and boss uh,
4: bought two tickets to Marblehead. Nate, what's your answer? Oh, they were, they were crushed. Uh, they each went, they took the subway in. So they took the subway back home and then sat in their car, listening to all by myself crying. And after two days of that, um, they got together and they figured that they were going to start their own comic company. Um, And uh, they, while they were doing it, they just played the song. I didn't start the fire. And there was a music montage. All of a sudden six months go by and Spider-Man gets released. And Kermit was there.
3: Kermit?
0: Because Kermit's and always Kermit. there.
4: Yeah, I mean, if there's that a music sense. montage, he kind of shows up. I don't know. The
2: frog. With his banjo. Might, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Steve, um, Steve, ten- Steve, what's your answer? Um,
2: so what they did is um, they kind of took to heart the part where he said, you know, uh, teenage boys can really only be sidekicks. And they said, oh, we got to kind of reinvent this character. We want the spider powers, but it can't be a teenage boy anymore. Um, what mm. if we do a full-grown man? Um, so, they decided to go with Spider Man. And uh, the idea they pitched was this, this was like a dad of three living in a two bedroom apartment, kind of overweight, still smokes, um, you know, may have gone to a porn theater after work, you know, just kind of a piece of guy He's not being able to take care of himself. And this was kind of their alternate to the, the original Spider Man vision. And they pitched this idea, and the execs hated it so much that they decided to go with the original.
0: Oh. <laughs> we have Marie with Did It Anyway. We have Molly with Prank Their Boss and Bought Two Tickets to Marblehead. Mm. We have Nate with Listen to All By Myself While Crying and Started Their Own Comic Book Company. And we have Steve with Reinvent the Character into a <laughs> yeah, Full Grown Man, Spider Dad. Mm. <laughs> so there you go, Spider yes. Dad. <laughs> yeah. So, in reality, Marie nailed it right on the head. They ignored their boss and did it anyway. Um, They snuck Spider-Man into the final issue of Amazing Fantasy, which had been canceled. And the fans loved it so much, they demanded more. And Goodman greenlit the title. The rest is history. When did they get the film crew? The film crew? (laughs) uh, They they bought him immediately and put him in the closet. And that's when okay. the great, you know, body dump of 1974 happened when they're mm-hmm. like, what's that smell? The film crew. Yep. It was a dark time for Marvel.
3: They dumped him in Marvelhead.
0: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Marvel
5: How would you like to score that? Oh, yes. Uh, well, a lot of really interesting answers that round. Uh, I-, I will say I'm giving 10 points to Nate off the bat just for Kermit. Uh <laughs> just because nice. Kermit always adds is, is always a plus to give pretty much Quality any situation. Love that guy. Love that yeah. guy. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I'm giving twenty points to Marie because a little rebellion every now and then is always a good thing. Every now and then you gotta you gotta shake things up a little bit. Uh Steve, I'm taking away 10 points because <laughs> good God. <laughs>
2: Is that not the <laughs> mental image you wanted
5: of <laughs> <laughs> Not especially, man. No? Okay. I mean, I think oh. I think I would have stomached most of it, but then you had to drag the porn theater into it, and I couldn't <laughs> anymore.
3: He had to make it so After,
0: realistic.
5: For shame!
0: <laughs> After oh,
2: Spider-Man gosh, Three, shame. Sony was getting desperate. Our next question. Well, have we ever Spider-Man? Had a, sorry to interrupt you, Bob. Have we ever had anyone lose points? Yeah.
1: Yes, me one time I mm-hmm. lost a point. Yes, and yep. it was totally due to me. Correct, I should not. Yeah, it was the correct. Oh, I should not. Yes, <laughs> classic
6: one. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Molly <laughs> lost points not only during a round but before the show even started.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Tuck really uh, overachieving
3: tuck, over here. Uh,
0: tuck took
4: yeah. points <gasps> away from me because I questioned him.
0: Yeah. So basically, the answer is all the freaking time. Yes. <laughs> Our next question. So, Spider Man has had a number of team ups over the decades. He's teamed up with the original Not Ready for Primetime players, Superman and Batman, both from DC Comics, the Transformers, and an amazing Spider Man number 583. He teams up with who? Molly, mm-hmm. what's your answer?
3: He teamed up with the Toxic Avenger. See, they had a really tight-knit bond because they both suffered so much from radiation. Suffered, but yet were gifted by it at the same time. So they shared this kinship that was just, mm, it was like brotherhood, you know? And uh, it was just golden from there.
0: Mm. All right, Molly
4: with a trauma experience. Nate, what do you have? Well, there was a uh, there was an electrical storm uh in space and uh what happened is uh Spider Man and Fozzie the Bear were magically transported. <laughs> I got points for Kermit, so I'm going with Fozzie. They, yeah, they I were, see what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. They were they were both transported to the world of the ambiguously gay duo. Um, where, they then, <laughs> I love them. where they then had to fight crime and question some
1: things? I would definitely watch that. I would definitely watch that.
4: <laughs> Especially with Fozzie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh a trip through space with Fozzie
2: the Bear. Steve, what's your answer? Um so this is kind of a uh this is a crossover not very many people saw. It was part of a large marketing <laughs> campaign. Uh Conegra brands, you know, wanted to do something new with their products. So um what they they called up Marvel and they said look, Chef, the Chef Boyardee brand is dead. Uh, nobody's buying Chef Boyardee anymore. What can we do? And Stan says, you know what? I'll put him in, in the next comic. And uh, what ended up happening was that Chef Boyardee came to life in, in The Amazing Spider-Man and they teamed up and they fought uh, the Green Goblin um, and he refused to eat a can of SpaghettiOs, a can of uh, ravioli um. <laughs> and so, you know, they they obviously had to kill him and that was the the first the first death of the Green Goblin. First. All right. The so, first, yeah, there's been several deaths of the Green Goblin, so. And it happened
4: at a porn theater. <laughs> well,
2: <obviously, laughs> yeah, Kermit the Frog was there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> while well, listening to all by myself.
6: Yes. All
0: right. So, we have Steve Pandering with Chef Boyardee. Marie, what's your answer?
1: Um so this it was it came from a very thing a thing we see in our everyday lives cats cats are always chasing little teeny spiders that they see along the house they are wonderful at catching those little pests around so they were like let's draw from real life um so it actually was Catwoman in spider-man and it started out very tumultuous they had their own uh, you know, quarrels they had to get over. Spider-Man had to prove to Catwoman that he should not be eaten by her, um, or or defeated by her in any way, shape, or form. So they had some good conversation and then they teamed up. Spider-Man and Catwoman are just taking on the the world together.
0: All right. So it's a good answer. <laughs> Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah. So Jack, yeah. we have Molly with a toxic avenger, Nate with Fozzie the mm-hmm. Bear. We have Steve with Chef Boyardee and Marie with Catwoman. The actual answer was President Barack Obama. What? I'm sorry.
2: I'm unaware
0: uh, of During you. his inauguration in this comic, another Obama showed up. So Spider-Man teamed up with the president to defeat the other Obama who turned out to be the chameleon.
5: That is so, wild.
6: I uh, love it. How would you Very like cool. to score? <laughs> wow,
5: wow. Um, well, uh, I would like to. Let's see. Let's see. <sighs> Sorry, this is just so many, so many directions this could go. Uh, but I do appreciate. I do appreciate uh, uh, the uh, not so subtle pandering from from Nate in terms of Fozzie Bear and the and the. <laughs> Questionable sexuality of of that duo, uh, so I'll I'll, I'll give him another ten points for that. Uh, I I also like I'm in love with the idea of Catwoman and Spider Man. Uh, so I would say, like that's just such I, I I'm already picturing like the banter and like the just the dynamic, the really wild dynamic that duo would have. And seriously, why should Batman get all the fun? Exactly. Uh, I'm going to declare that one the winner. uh, And uh, so that's I'm going to I'm going to say that's probably another 20 points for Marie.
1: Sweet. Thank you.
5: All right.
0: Our last question in four questions due to a three year licensing deal. Spider-Man was brought to Japan for a series loosely based off the Marvel comic character. In this version, Spider-Man has what? Nate, what's your answer?
4: An epic battle with Hello Kitty and Karopi, with the ultimate judges being Waldorf and Statler. Stratler. <laughs> you had it right the first
5: time, Nate. Statler.
4: I love them, but I can never remember their names. <laughs> it's Stalin, right? Something <laughs> of the ST.
0: No, but what's funny is he literally Stalin literally named himself translated into the Man of Steel. You want to talk about cost? Oh, there we go. Nice connection. Yeah, right? We don't even so. need Alan.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't don't let him hear that. he uh, he'll I've be been hanging out with we Alan too much. I'm, yeah.
0: I'm doing his in, job for him.
6: He's gonna be in a car listening to all <laughs> by myself soon.
0: <laughs> oh no. So uh you want me to repeat the question? Because I just missed that. <laughs> it was
4: Statler and Waldorf. Epic battle with Hello Kitty and Judge by Waldorf and Stoutler.
5: Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um,
2: now, the superheroes throughout history have been kind of made fun of for their various costumes over time. And a lot of people think um, that, you know, it lo- looks like Superman, the traditional drawings, is wearing his underwear over his pants, basically. And a lot of people have poked fun at that for years. Uh, when, when Spider-Man came to Japan, um, they decided to give him a diaper, uh, cause they were a little bit confused about the Superman wearing his underwear over his pants and they thought it was a diaper. Um, be, and before the mistake was realized, they had already shown it to test audiences and it actually tested really well, uh, because of the cuteness factor. Um, but you know, it did, did get a, <laughs> grow a little old watching a grown man run around in a diaper, uh, punching the green goblet to death
0: so they uh they gave him a diaper so the question was did the japanese audience audience like it depends
4: uh Ah, (laughs) i'm sorry marie Uh, what do you have way to ensure that Um, joe Guthrie.
1: (laughs) um as we know Pokemon Go has blown up all over the world. It is everywhere. It is here in Maine. It is in Japan. It is everywhere. So to help promote the um, upcoming publicity for Spider-Man in Japan, they decided to create a Pokemon Go Spider-Man that showed up at select, I think they're called, gyms in pokemon go where they i think that that's what they're called um and to to help promote the upcoming um the, all, all the publicity that spider-man needed so it was like rogue gorilla marketing by like subliminally having to fight spider-man in your pokemon gym pokemon gym in japan
0: all right in 1978 that's fantastic <laughs> yes,
3: molly definitely. what's your answer They they gave Spider-Man an extra superpower. Um, Someone called it an addiction, but they really played it out as a superpower. He was killer at karaoke. And get him up on the stage, get him in a booth, get him against Green Goblin. They had an epic karaoke battle, which went down in Japanese and global history. It was popular all over the world. Uh, His go-to song, of course, was All By Myself (laughs) Uh, in a a Kerman accent, and uh, he just nailed it. Nailed it.
6: All right.
2: That that makes makes a lot of sense. Before we move on. Yeah, what is it? It's actually for Marie. I'm sorry. I meant to ask this sooner, but we move uh, if there was a, a Pokemon uh, Spider-Man crossover, would it be Pokemon or would it be uh, Spider-Mon?
1: Spidey-Mon, I think.
2: Okay. But it just makes, makes sense. Because mm. a lot of people
0: would be thinking yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks for well, clearing it makes that sense, up. That would be yeah. That would be Spider-Monster. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. So we have Nate had an epic battle with Hello Kitty judged by Statler and Waldorf. Spider-Man was there. <laughs> Steve gave him a diaper. uh, Marie, Pokemon, to go with Spider-Man. And Molly had an addiction, an addictive superpower. He was killer at karaoke. The actual answer was a giant robot called Leopardon. So he got his powers by a spaceship called the Marveler from Planet Spider that transformed into the giant robot because of course he did
2: you realize the,
6: jack second, Spider? the second half
0: of that robot's name is hard on
6: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: welcome to the 70s jack how would you like to score
5: uh <laughs> wow amazing answers all around but i have to give it to, to Molly with uh the spider-man karaoke battle, singing it all by myself with Kermit, like, oh my I, it's off the wall but I could, I could see it and picture it, and my god, it is glorious, so
6: 60 points,
5: (laughs) 60 points for Molly
6: Woo!
2: Feels like a deleted Next scene from, from Spider-Man Three. is like, he's so depressed, he just goes oh, into yeah. a karaoke bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, that, Sam Raimi probably shot that scene. Let's be honest.
5: Was that was that before or after Venom infected him?
2: <laughs> well, you'd get a very different
4: scene either way you went. So yeah. that's true. Venom busting
3: all drunk from talking.
4: Just <laughs> <laughs> having a so karaoke duet. Our
0: points. Right now, in last place, we have Nate with 20 points. Oh, Nate in last
3: place? Good. Wow, that's different. We need to get Jack on here
0: more often. <laughs> we have Steve with 40. Well, yeah. And in a two-way tie, <laughs> we have Marie and Molly, each with 90 points. Wow. Whoa. Wow.
1: That's a Well loud.
0: done. So join us for a chat with actor, musician, and voiceover artist Jack Maloche when we return to Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers!
6: Go Dashers!
3: (laughs) Listening is cool and all, but watching gives you so much more. See the players' real-time reactions, flub-ups, and all the snark that intern Alan Smithy can dole out on the running commentary. Only at Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.
0: Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. We are here today with visiting Professor Jack Malosh. Jack is an actor, musician, a voiceover artist from Southeast Michigan. He currently narrates audiobooks professionally. And some of his favorite credits include Spider-Man Darkest Hours by Jim Butcher, Cuphead in Carnival Chaos by Ron Bates, Easy Prey by Catherine Lowe, and Night Drop by Marshall Thornton. Jack, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Thank you so much for having me.
5: Glad to be here. So
0: earlier in the broadcast during the icebreaker, you mentioned that your favorite part of your job is when the directors allow you to just go crazy and go wild. Now, what about that do you love the most? Is it coming up with the characters? Is it playing the emotional truth behind the lines as they're written? What's your take on it? How does that work?
5: Um, When they really let me go and let me kind of come up with the voice for these characters and allow me to uh, go off the walls, especially when I was working on Cophead, that was when they especially said, please, go bonkers. Like, just go for it it, because it's a kid's title. and I don't think I have ever had more fun working on a title uh, as of yet, because I got to just essentially sit down with it was fifty some characters, and and I just had to look at like these these drawings of them and kind of come up with uh, different voices for each of them, and it was, and that had its own challenge for mm-hmm. sure, but uh, getting the opportunity to really give a voice to to these wacky characters um was just so so much fun, and I look back on that with just the highest fondness
1: when you're when you're tracking all of the different voices that you need to create, what is like how how do you even start that process like there's yeah. you said fifty characters, which is on top of a narrator voice, I'm assuming, which is your Normal, candid voice. Yeah,
5: the narrator voice is just my, how do you, my voice.
1: When you're when you're tracking all of those characters, where did how do you even begin that? Like that seems well, so daunting to me.
5: Valid question. Valid question. It's a combination of things. Like I I do my best to uh, try to keep a little memory bank in my head on like what each of these characters sounds like. However, I do cheat a little bit. Um, they're in the in the app that I use to read the the manuscripts there's a little voice recorder in there. And so as I'm like coming across and highlighting all the different voice, uh, characters and, and dialogue and such, I can record a little snippet of like what their voice would sound like. So if I'm ever in the position where I'm like, ah, crap, what did that voice sound like again? What was that again? I can yeah. just go back and play it and hear a reference and be like, Oh, right. It was that. Uh, yeah. but I try just to try to keep it consistent. I, yeah. It it can be it can be challenging, but uh but but it was fun.
1: But you clearly enjoy it too, like the oh, yeah. of being able to, yeah, like so it's it's one of those challenges that you get a lot of satisfaction from, I yeah.
5: assume. Uh yeah. One of uh one of the funniest things was I had to at one point do a cartoonish kind of sneeze, and I had to keep turning the gain on my microphone down because I kept clipping it. And after I came after that session was done and I came out of the booth, my dad was just laughing his ass off, just just being like, what were you doing? Like, I was that a sneeze I heard? I was like, you heard a sneeze through my whisper room walls, through my bedroom door, across the hall and into your bedroom. Wow. Okay. (laughs) It was.
6: Oh, man.
0: Now, when you develop character voices, now I, I know animation's different than audiobooks, but That's there's fair. a base root in some of it. I know when I do voices for projects, I'll sometimes start with either a regional base or a celebrity base or a mm-hmm. vocal tick and then build off of there. Is that the same or is it similar in audiobooks or what's your process of
5: that? Um, I mean, it. It does kind of vary from title to title, um but yeah, especially if I'm given like a regional kind of base, I can do some research on like kind of like what the dialect from that region would sound like, and then try to uh to uh mirror that as best i can um and that can that can be a good starting point for sure uh but also sometimes if it's just like I'm given a description of what uh what they're like what what uh the just like a sense of their personality um that can be a good jump off point too uh and then if i'm given if in the like in the case of cuphead i'm given visuals to work with uh and i can just in in my head like look at these and be like okay what does this guy sound like uh and get to Mm -hmm. play with that um yeah that i find a lot of the voices kind of came at least in that project came from the visuals
3: As an actor, do you play off of character building? So you get given these character descriptions, but do you ever go deeper in your head to really like get into the character and be like, you know, when he was a child, you know, as we do when we're acting and taking on roles.
6: Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. Every once in a while when there's, there's a particularly dramatic moment, I do, I do sometimes have to draw in on that. Uh, thankfully it hasn't had to go too, uh, too deep or sad as of yet as of yet uh, i'm sure that's i'm sure that's probably coming for me Sorry. down the line uh but yeah absolutely absolutely if there's if i if i can kind of infer to like what might have happened to some of these characters off what's the book equ- equivalent to off screen uh <laughs> uh in the margins yeah in the margins uh, what oh, happened to them yeah. in, the mar- in the margins uh I I, yeah i'll definitely build upon that um jack i have never asked you this now jack and i know each other
2: outside of this <laughs> this yeah. big school yeah <laughs> um but i this is something i've always wondered uh while listening to audiobooks because i travel a lot and that you know it's a good time consumer um well first question I, this is a 2 part. first question if you've listened to the
5: audiobook of something can you say i have read that book is that is
2: that allowed
5: um i would say like i, w- I would say like technically no but like as far as like information processing goes yeah. like you still you still yeah. have to take in everything and process it and and remember it so i would say i would yeah. say it's definitely still a valid way to consume books like yeah. if you're if you're if you're on a time crunch and you need to like have read a book uh i would say it's definitely not cheating to Listen to the audiobook, uh, especially because you can play around with the speed. And as such. far as the verbiage, like, do you say, like I consumed that book? I <laughs> listened to that book?
2: I say, I listened. I listened,
6: oh, yeah. I'd right. say, so would probably <laughs> okay. be the, okay. the proper verbiage yeah. there. All right. So, um, the second yeah.
2: question the, yeah. um, I've always wondered this listening to audiobooks how long it actually takes to yeah. record all of that? Because yeah. you think oh, it must God. take ages, right? To do one book?
5: Yeah, depending on the book and how dense the text is it can take quite a while uh there was there was one book i had to read that uh the text was really small and uh it was just a really really long book and i think by the end of it it was something like 18 or 19 hours um and yeah it was a very very long book um and uh
1: did that one have a lot of characters in it?
5: That one had a good amount of characters in it. Uh you're probably not gonna find it because uh it was a very special uh kind of pseudonym book that I had to that I had to read. Uh and yeah, yeah, don't good luck if you can find it good for you. But <laughs> okay. like Get on it, Alan. I was terribly intrigued. I need this. Imagine all the the samples <laughs> like, I could use in yeah. my music, right?
6: Oh god. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that's what you want. Samples of me moaning into the microphone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now uh, we need to find it. Yeah.
3: Oh.
0: So, Alan, do Jack, your
1: best.
3: Yeah,
0: come on, Speaking Alan. of non sequiturs, um, <laughs> yeah. tell us about your music. What do you do for music? Who do you? Um
5: perform under like what name do you go by yeah so so i uh make what's known as uh plunder phonic music uh steve is familiar with this it's actually kind of how we met strangely enough um and uh so i my uh my artist name for my music is jaka uh j-a-w-k-a and uh what i what i do is i'll take Samples of uh, different things, whether it's from music or if it's from, uh, let's say, a, a movie or a, a radio clip, anything that kind of catches my ear, I'll try to sort of piece things together in order to create a new uh, sort of composition. And uh, it's challenging work for sure, but it's but it's creatively really rewarding. And I I haven't been able to do that as much lately. And and I I now that I've got more time question mark to do it i should probably <laughs> hop back on that horse and uh yeah. steve and i collaborate
1: what was the name of the genre again
5: uh plunder phonics so it's kind of like That's a, a like you're stealing stuff
6: Right. it sounds music.
1: like one of molly's word of the days
5: yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so jack now, uh a couple of years ago radio lab had a whole feature on the music of language and if you were to take uh, one or two combination of words and then sync them and play them over and over, the human brain will take that and will build music off of that. So you'll begin to hear it as a song instead of as language. So in your process of building samples into a unique musical, uh, well, a, a, a unique song, how much of that do you play upon by using identifiable pieces of either dialogue or sounds, mm. and then let that psychological aspect take over and let the listener build into music? Mm. How much of that do you, do you
5: embrace? Oh, that's a really, really interesting that's a question. Very deep question. Wow. That. Um, I mean, like as far as my process when I'm like looking for samples and stuff, I when it, when it comes to vocals, especially, I'll try to listen for uh for samples that are kind of melodic already uh so that i can uh kind of determine what the closest note to where where those samples kind of sit and i'll uh kind of sort them by note and then i can kind of work my way around and see like what places and bits those notes and samples would work best uh but Wow, I'm still I'm still wrapping my mind around the entire question and I'm not sure I'm answering it. Uh, I'm not sure I'm answering I'm sorry, the question you're... you asked. Good lord.
4: Now, when uh when you're putting all this music together, do you what program do you use? Do you use like GarageBand or like OneNote?
5: Um I use Ableton Live currently. Uh ah. I started off with uh FL Studio. Um but I uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Ableton, and I found it to be a little more intuitive to me, anyway. But uh, they're—I oh, I yeah. find they're both useful.
1: Yeah. Ableton, definitely.
4: Yeah, I'm an, I'm an <laughs> FL guy for sure. So I tend to switch between Ableton and and uh, Able <laughs> FL. <laughs> I, so like Jake, oh, I heard you do yes. a,
2: um, a really popular podcast uh, about, <laughs> specifically about Plunderphonics music um, with, a, with another great host. Would you mind yeah. telling us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. So,
5: so I play one of the hosts on, on a little podcast called Collaboradio, huh. um, and we and we basically, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. There's
5: a delightful little gentleman that I uh, that I work with for that and uh we uh it's your sidekick we right? talk about oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah for sure yeah you you work with the think fish tank don't I you? i do yes we we work together and we collaborate a lot of times uh delightful chap like like him, I like him. I think Steve. I think you'd like. I think you'd like his stuff a lot. No, um, he's, he's kind of like an asshole, but <laughs> he he can he can be at first, and like yeah. you know you know, he's kind but of gr- but, guy, but, yeah. but oh yeah yeah you got once you once you get through all that, it's yeah it's great guy great guy, uh, but yeah we <laughs> we basically discuss uh, a lot of different plunderphonic music, and we'll occasionally be able to have uh, other plunderphonic musicians on the show, and we'll get to discuss uh, their own music and kind of uh we've just recently had Belinsky on mm, it was a, that was cool and yeah yeah he's very chill guy and we got to go listen to one of his albums and have him talk about his process as we were listening to the music and he'd point out uh little tidbits of things and tell us stories and it was cool it was great I, I i had a lot of fun with that with that one um but yeah so
1: so you and Steve collaborate together. What is that collaboration process like? Does one of you write something and then send it and you like, uh,
6: what, mm, what is that like? Yeah. <laughs> that is that is a good
5: question. Um, I, I, I would say it, it varies, but oftentimes it's like we'll start something and like we'll get stuck with something and we're not sure where we want it to go. And I'll be like, hey, Steve, I've got this thing and I don't know what to do with it could you like do you want to do you want to play with it do you want to mess with it a little bit see what happens it's like musician's block yeah yeah Yeah. and like oftentimes like i find that collaborating together will help kind of unblock that musician's block and and even if it doesn't on my end it's always really cool to hear what other people come up with it's always really cool to to see what uh what steve comes up with and it's a really rewarding process
2: Cool. Jen, okay. I um put a record out. It's probably six years ago now. Yeah, um, that, that's our. I think can that's we get it on only... Spotify? No. no, you can get it on Bandcamp <laughs> though. Um, but all right, all right. He con- it was like a concept album, <laughs> and all the samples, like every. Everything in the album was sampled from Regina Spector specifically. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool cool, cool undertaking because that yeah. was so kind of our, our Yeah, challenge. we we yeah.
5: kinda we kinda bonded over our love of Regina Spector's music when we first met. And it was it was it was shortly after we met and we when we had both discussed like our interest in the music and Regina came up that the idea came I was like, huh, do you wanna like do you wanna like Make some tracks out of Regina's music, and we were like, "Yeah!" And then six years later, we finally. It took a long, long. <laughs> It took us a, a long freaking time. Born. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
0: So, if people wanted to find your music that you said uh, Bandcamp, are you on
5: SoundCloud as well? Or? I am on SoundCloud. I would say you can probably find most of my stuff on SoundCloud. That's SoundCloud.com/slash/Jocka.
0: Yeah. So links in the description to both Jocka and Think Pish, Tank. Who's always in the link in our description? You should really oh, yes. check it out. Uh, join us as we return for our STEM pop quiz and lie, lie again only on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers!
5: Go Dashers! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Balder Dash Academy. Our scores are in last place. We have Nate with 20, Steve with 40 points and a two-way tie between Marie and Molly with 90. It is now time for our next minute or less randomized question. So our next question, let me spin the randomizer. Jack, poutine,
5: what is it and why? So I've had poutine once before. I believe it is sort of like these wide, like wedges of potato fried. Basically, it's like French fries, uh, but thicker and heartier. And then it's covered with cheese curds and uh, gravy. It's a Canadian uh, delicacy. I've had it only once before. Delicious, but I was also asking myself the same question after I was done eating the whole thing. (laughs) As I felt (laughs) that gravy going through my bloodstream, I was like, Oh, why? Why? (laughs) Indeed, it's
6: so Uh, good.
5: But uh, the why, I suppose, would be because it's delicious. Uh, You gotta
0: love food that will make you hear your arteries harden. Uh
6: And that's probably why I've only had
2: it once before. (laughs) My heart's working harder than normal. I feel like I can hear it trying to find it. (laughs) Why I Mm no think good right now.
0: (laughs) Whoa! There's the tone. It's time for our second pop quiz. This pop quiz is from the head of STEAM,
4: Professor Nate Green. Nate, what do you have for us? Well... So I want to actually, uh, get into some things that you can do outdoors, uh, because right now it's a good time to be outdoors and, uh, get some distance in there, social distancing and some national parks are actually allowing, uh, for social distancing by being able to reserve timeframes, uh, for when you go into a park, for example, the Flume Gorge, uh, And I'm actually going to read to you what's on their website. Uh, It's a natural gorge extending 800 feet at the base of Mount Liberty within the White Mountains of New Hampshire. The walls of the Conway Granite rise to a height of 70 to 90 feet and are 12 to 20 feet apart. The Flume Trail is a one-way, two-mile loop starting at the check-in booths and uh, it. The entire loop takes about uh, one and a half hours and it finishes at the flume building. Um, It's amazing. I actually sent Bob some pictures and video of it uh, that uh, we can put in here. So that way you guys can kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, And uh, what's amazing is just the cliffs and then uh, the the vegetation growing on them uh, and the waterfall. Another cool thing is that this flume was discovered in 1808. Now, what I want to ask you guys is I want you to tell me who discovered it, what they were doing in the area, and how old was this person? Because I like to. Let's start with Steve. Sorry. What year did you say, Nate? I'm sorry. 1808. 1808.
2: 1808. You really have to start with me, huh? You're really going to make me improvise tonight? Oh, okay. Um so this was discovered obviously 1808 as, as Nate said um by President Taft. Um everyone knows he was alive in 1808 and he was 12 years old. <laughs> um and what he was doing in this specific locale was uh he was already a, an extremely uh obese person um and unfortunately (laughs) most of the bathtubs in in his hometown couldn't fit his girthiness um (laughs) so he was (laughs) so what he was trying to do was find uh, I wish I hadn't aged him 12. Why did I do that?
6: What <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to do. He's
3: 12-year-old.
2: <laughs> yes, he's extremely hefty. And I hate to put down the weight <laughs> of a 12-year-old, but this is Still just factual. Shape. Good work, uh, Steve. Thank you so much, guys. And so he <laughs> needed to bathe, um, so he went here and would ride the flume, that two-mile, uh, two-mile circuit, and uh, he just jumped in there with a bar of soap, and in no time, he was uh, clean. There you go, President... <laughs> A future president Taft. So we have a
4: tw- uh, overweight uh, future president Taft uh, just running around with a bar of soap, jumping into flumes. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, Molly. Oh,
3: wow. Okay. Just to clarify, the original question is who discovered the flu?
4: Who or discovered the, the flume? What were they doing? And okay. how old were they?
3: Well, I'm glad that's the question because I do know this answer. So oh, who discovered, uh, discovered the flume? What a lot of people don't know is that this actually abuts Jellystone Park, um, really famous, made famous by the TV classic Yogi Bear. Um, mm-hmm. And so before Yogi Bear and his sidekick Boo Boo, much like you and Steve on your podcast, of <laughs> course, you'd be Yogi. Steve would be Boo Boo. Um, they... They explored all of Jellystone Park. I mean, they, they mapped it out so that they knew where to shoot every scene in that animated series. So one day they came across the, the flume. It's right borders Jellystone Park. They couldn't use it because it's part of the White Mountains National Park. They couldn't use it in, in Yogi Bear, but uh, they did discover it and are credited with it with a plaque that is placed under the waterfall where no one can see it. <laughs>
4: Loving the details, uh, Yogi Bear and and Honey Boo Boo. Uh, hey, so uh, this great. Uh, and uh, Marie. Um.
1: So Steve was onto something with it being a twelve-year-old, but it was not future President Taft. Um. It was a it was a twelve-year-old little girl named Shirley who just recently um the, this the. the the gorge flume was discovered in late January. She received a puppy for Christmas that year, and the puppy got out her backyard, and she was chasing this puppy. She, she never let it out of its sight, and then all of a sudden, the puppy is soaring down this, this epic water adventure, and she just goes right with it, and she gets the puppy, and she's holding it. And so it was discovered by 12-year-old little Shirley saving her puppy from drowning down the flume. I just want to say that was great sound
3: effects that you added in there yeah. with the wind.
1: Yeah. Thank
4: you. Yes, that really was so, realistic. Uh, very wind.
1: intentional. Yes.
4: I hope you didn't break the wind. Uh, no, not uh, that. Boo. I'll let you know. Uh so we have
2: uh, a You got booed 100. by the guest Nate. <laughs> 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 That's the first time usually everyone's just like, "Nate, you're the you're Take the greatest great person of all time." Like <laughs> he's <laughs> awesome won points, all Nate. of them.
4: Have all the points. Okay, obese 12-year-old. All right. (laughs) So, Bob, what do you have? So, the
0: Flume Gorge was discovered by a 104-year-old grandma, Theophonia Flume. Mm. So, she went by Theophonia. The nickname for that is Tiff, Tiffany. So, she was known as Great Grandma Tiff, and she was out collecting hazelnuts in the New Hampshire woods. When she stumbled across this uh this gorge, and if I'm not mistaken, the gorge was uncovered by uh some i i think it was heavy snowfall, and when the snow melted, there was this uh gorge, nobody knew it was there before, so she went out she uh didn't get many hazelnuts, but she did
4: find a large crevice ah hazelnutty. <laughs> cracks. All right. Mm, now um tiff. so we have a 12-year-old future president obese uh bar soap <laughs> jumper. Um we have Yogi Bear Yellowstone's right next to New Hampshire and jellystone. uh je- Jellystone. Oh, Jellystone. Yeah, I thought you said don't Yellowstone. get
3: it confused. No, that's a different.
4: Yeah. 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 Okay. When
0: Jellystone um, blows it's just picnic baskets.
3: Picnic yeah. baskets.
4: Pronounced. Um, yes. emory's uh windblown effect of uh catching a dog flying down the river, uh, and uh, Bob's uh n- n- nuts in the gorge, um, <laughs> <laughs> nuts and
5: crevices
1: that Aunt Tiff found. Uh,
4: yeah. found. so, so how do you like to
0: to
5: Tiffy,
4: spread out these points.
5: Holy cow! Uh, really good answers all around. So, I'm going to say, first of all just a base 10 points for everybody
6: for, for going
5: into detail and giving some really quality answers. Um, another 10 points to Steve for making me lose my (laughs) (laughs) shit. Um, and, uh, another, I'd say, I'd say another 10 points to Molly for, uh, the story with Yogi bear and, and all of that. That was really enjoyable. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Marie's story about saving that poor dog, though. That that one just kind of pulls at your heartstrings. So I'm gonna go ahead and give Marie give that puppy. 25 points.
4: Puppy. Thank Ooh, you. 25. Yeah. money.
5: It's okay. funny that
4: you liked Marie's because the actual answer is nothing like that. What it is is actually <laughs> closer to box. <Bob's. laughs> um, it was discovered. Yeah, it was discovered by a 93 year old uh, named nicknamed aunt, uh, Jesse Uh, she accidentally came upon it while she was fishing and she had trouble trying to convince her family members to go and take a look at it. Uh, eventually she persuaded other people to come and see it for themselves. And, um, that's when that's how it was discovered. And, uh, since then people have been flocking back to the gorge, um, Uh, And I don't think dogs are actually allowed there or overweight future presidents. (laughs) What? (laughs) Maybe bears. There may be bears, though. There you go.
0: All right. right. So our next randomized question for Jack. Jack. (laughs) If you were a season, what would you be?
6: Mm. Ooh.
5: Mm. Ooh, if I were huh. a season...
3: All ooh, the leaves me, are all ooh. the leaves are...
5: If I were a se- Like, what would I like to be? Which season would I like to be, or which season would I be? Answer which? it however me. you think it is ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Get in there. Get there, Jack. You know, you know, I, I, I didn't used to like it so much when I was a kid, probably because I had to go to school. But autumn, nowadays, I find I'm appreciating a lot more, because it's... Uh, especially in Michigan, our summers can be rather brutal because of the like effect humidity that surrounds us. And so, when that humidity starts to break and it's cool, it's not too cool, but it's cool. It's cool enough just to need a light jacket, and you get to go out and you get to see uh, just the natural fireworks display that the trees are putting on with their beautiful, beautiful leaves. Uh, you know, I'd say it's hard to beat that. It's hard to beat autumn. Hmm. Not to mention all the wrong. cider and donuts.
6: Mm.
4: Yeah. All right, man. I was wrong. I swear. I thought you were going to say paprika. (laughs) Mm. Mm. So our next game
0: is lie. Lie again. I will read a weird or unusual fact about a select member of the faculty. The statement can be the truth or it could be a lie. Our visiting professor and fellow faculty members may question the subject to better understand whether or not the statement is true or a lie. Either way, the subject must convince everyone that the unusual fact is true, no matter how absurd it sounds. Uh, Our statement tonight, by popular demand, is my own.
2: Yes! We've been waiting for this.
0: The statement. The first play I had produced off-Broadway was one I wrote when I was 16 years old.
3: What was the, what was the name of the play, Bob?
0: The name was uh, Love, Trust, and Escalation, and uh, that was the fourth title. Um, it, that that title has been used for about six other different projects, all based on that original play.
3: As at sixteen, what was the inspiration behind this play? What what was going through your teenage mind? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: So we were shooting videos in the summer, and um, I was the screenwriter. Um, I was also one year away from starting stand up comedy, so I was the comedy guy. I wrote the show. To, to be one of the vignettes in a summer video. And uh, I had the old script writer program on a Tandy uh, that I wrote the script in and it just sat there. Uh, we never got around to shooting the video that summer. And then in uh, 2004, I retrieved the plays off of the the screenplay off of that drive when I was transferring my files saw it and decided to make a couple of tweaks and then submit it to festivals and it got selected
5: when you say a couple of tweaks do you mean like really just just a couple of little minor details that you wanted to work out or did you find that you had to do a more extensive retooling
0: i added a better resolution so the subject matter was the the punchline of the joke wasn't correct mm-hmm. um, in the final. So the, the punchline, it worked. It was funny, but people were laughing at the wrong thing. Ah. So I had to change it so that they were laughing with the characters and the absurd situation and not at the character and their situation. Yes, yeah, that's an important. Marie.
1: Um did you have any um, like stage readings or reads of the play locally before it went off Broadway? No. <laughs> no locally read. No. That is so ballsy.
0: <laughs> I usually don't. Yeah. Um, I my the first time I've ever heard my show before it was produced was when I won Crowbate.
5: I typically wow. Don't.
2: Bob, what okay. do you? What is um? What is off Broadway in this scenario?
5: I was to say, is this off Broadway or off off Broadway? Right. Uh, it was West Forty
0: Third Street, uh, across from the theater that plays Limis. Oh, yeah,
2: so yeah, almost okay. on Broadway, basically, on? just yes. off Broadway. Yeah, yeah.
1: Around the corner from
3: Broadway. Around
2: the corner from Broadway.
3: On <laughs> um, Broadway. Um, did you go and see it?
0: Yes, I did. So it was part of a festival, and. Every week, the best plays were selected, and they moved on to the next week. And my show was one of the finalists. So at the big competition night, I got to go down. I went down with my aunt and uncle and Jess, and we went and saw the show.
1: Were you happy with it? Like, did they do a good job?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I was just the playwright. the, the real show, I mean, you're an actress, the real show is an equal collaboration between the vision of the director and the, ter- I mean, the actors spend more time with the characters than I did writing them. So yeah. their viewpoint is just as valid as mine. So did I like it? Yeah. But because of that, it was completely new to me. I got to see yeah. elements of my own work that I never pictured. And therefore, I mean, who wants to watch something when you already know the ending? So, it was good. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Next
4: question. Nate. So, you wrote it initially when you were 16. When was it that you came back to revisit it and adjust that ending? Was it, like, uh, yeah, when was it? 20 years later.
0: Wow. Uh, No, probably 15. So, Here's the deal. I'm good with design and I'm good with language. I'm bad with math. I wrote yeah. it. Maybe <laughs> yeah, Alan's good at math. I wrote it yeah. in 1991, mm-hmm. and I kind of finished it in the early 2000s, 2003. I think 2004 is when I transferred the drive.
5: Mm-hmm. Very cool.
2: You said you and, said uh, you, and sorry, uh, you said you and Jess were together when you were 16.
0: No. But when I rewrote the, the show, plan. we were.
6: Oh, yeah. When we yeah.
0: went to see the show, okay. We, we, I was not. I was married. I'd just been married.
6: Uh, I was going to say, oh, wait, where were the kids? Wait,
2: did we find out what year the show was actually produced? The show was produced
0: in 2006. Okay. Um, it wasn't originally produced in New York, though. It was originally produced in Austin for Shrewd Productions as part of their Cheater Festival. And um I did not get to go see that production, but I was incredibly pleased with the production quality and the professionalism of the company. So Shrewd Productions in Austin.
3: You know, Bob, I don't doubt you are a fantastic and well-published playwright. I don't doubt that this is Shrewish. But I know you, and I bet you change one minor thing, like you were actually eighteen or something when you wrote it, like I know or, or yeah, it's gonna be a technicality like it wasn't like really off off Broadway it was like it's not at the theater he said it was or something i'm gonna i'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your line
0: all right, so we have a lie for Molly, Nate, what's your answer?
4: All right. Um,
6: yeah.
4: <laughs> this is really heavy stuff for a sixteen-year-old, and I agree with Molly's points. But it's Bob.
3: But it's Bob. That's it. That's if it was going if
4: it was any other, yeah. Mm. And I mean, then he had all of his hair. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so, so uh, did that make me like a superpower or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh I don't I I need there to be variety. There's already a lie I got to say true because it very possibly right,
2: could be. True for
0: Nate, Steve, yeah, yeah. what's your yeah, answer?
2: Yeah. Uh before I give my answer, I will say Bob, I don't know if you knew this, but it this actually was produced on Broadway as well. Uh the filmed version of it uh was uh was shown in the porn theater on Broadway. <laughs> it, was called, it was called Love, Trust, Masturbation.
6: So, uh, yeah,
1: right that way. was right after the, uh, so the You Batman, Know My man <laughs> Yeah, <exactly. laughs>
2: yes, yeah see, do. that
0: wasn't spider webbing coming out of his wrist.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> is,
2: that, is that too far? Or is that just right? I don't it's know. Wasn't Paul Rubin in it?
0: <laughs> Steve, what's your answer? Uh,
2: my answer is uh, this is true. Uh, I'm pretty positive I know this about you Bob because we've played a lot of disc golf together and you tend to talk about um, just random facts about your life and so I think I know a bunch of random things about you just because we spent a lot of time together doing passive uh, passive things so I'm pretty positive this is true unless you're catching me on a technicality like Molly said
1: So I'm I'm with Steve in that like I've heard Bob talk about this before. However, this is his first time doing mm-hmm. Lila again himself, and so.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh
1: God, I'm like really worked up about this. Um, ah, ah. False, false. He's telling a lie. Ah! (laughs)
6: All right.
1: (laughs) Jack,
4: much like Flume Gorge, we're split right down the middle. Mm. Jack, we have Molly
0: with a lie, Nate with the truth, Steve with the truth, Marie with a lie. (laughs) What's your call?
5: You know, I mean, we only just met today, but. I thought your answers came very naturally you didn't seem to be struggling for a whole lot of details um he and, never struggles and for details. The, the story seemed very genuine to me um i like i have no reason to doubt you um exactly. and like it's it's a pretty cool story and i want it to be true so i'm i'm gonna Oof. go ahead and say that you're telling the truth all right so we have
0: Molly with a lie, Nate with the truth, Steve with the truth, Marie with a lie and Jack with the truth. Uh the correct answer or the 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 actual answer is um that it is completely true. Nice. Um I was going for the technicality angle and I got ah! two of you.
3: <laughs> you knew that we knew you.
1: Yep. It was
3: produced
0: by Turtle Shell Productions as part of 8 Minute Madness. Um, I wrote it when I was 16 years old. I wrote some pretty heavy um, subject matter and part of the subject matter was inspired in the fact that I was reading a lot of Greek mythology and I wanted to kind of write a modern translation of a Greek epic in 15 minutes. Um, The... (laughs) Austin show was an edited down 10 minute version and the eight minute madness was a speed version. So they did it and fit it within eight minutes. Um, But yeah, it's all true. And I don't, I, my first time ever hearing my work ever before submitting was at probate. Wow. So yeah. Uh, so Yeah, how I know how uncomfortable everybody else felt. So, (laughs) uh, that's the end of our first half. Our score. Oh, actually, Jack, I forgot. How do you want to score? Yeah, there you go. I got distracted. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, you're, fine. Um, honestly, like that was that was a really cool story. I'm gonna go ahead and give you twenty five points for that. Yeah. Twenty five. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Still that's the end of place. our halftime. Our
0: uh, our scores as Nate. they stand. In last place, we have Nate with 30 points. I'm next with 35. Steve has 60. Whoa. Molly has 110. And in our lead is Marie wow. with yes! 125. Woo! Join us when we return with Coach Steve and Mask Charades. Only on Balderdash Academy.
3: Go Dashes! meet the characters of balderdash county in balderdash academy teachers lounge you've heard the game show now you can go behind the scenes as you meet the students and faculty of our fine school unlock the mysteries of the centuries-old buildings or even go outside the school grounds to meet the denizens of the village of balderdash character comedy and mystery abound in balderdash academy teachers lounge every other wednesday on your favorite podcast service
2: We all have a story is a podcast dedicated to learning more about the folks around us. One person at a time. We'll chat with accountants, bus drivers, entertainers, novelists, beekeepers, piano tuners, booksellers, artists, and more. Check out. We all have a story using your favorite podcast app or service.
0: Welcome back to Dash Academy. Our points are Nate with 30, myself with 35, Steve with 60, Molly with 110, and Marie with 125 points. That marks our halftime with our halftime sports trivia coach of the Dashers, Coach Steve Corning. What do you have for us, Coach?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? So, uh, during the break... Um, what I did was I asked for some various nouns, and we're now going to use these nouns for this next game. Now, the setup is um, I try to do something that's usually uh, either relevant to sports, current sports news, or something from sports history. This one is currently relevant as of recording, but I think probably by the time this episode comes out, won't be as relevant. But that's just kind of <laughs> how things work. So, recently in the news, um, the uh, in the NFL, the the team representing Washington DC. Decided to remove their moniker. Uh, Now, they currently have no moniker. They are going into the season, into the uh, 2020 season, being called only the Washington football team, okay? Now, what I'm going to give to each of you is those nouns that you suggested during the break, but I'm going to kind of mix them up so you end up with a different noun than the one you suggested. And what I need you to do is, once again, just like last week's uh, segment, I need a pitcher, not a belly itcher, we're going to do Round two of that, where you guys pitch to me, the general manager of the Washington football team, why we should change the moniker to your suggestion. All right. Very, very simple. So let's start with the person making the most eye contact. And that of course is Marie. Marie.
5: No! <laughs> <laughs> you got this. You got this. All right, Marie.
1: Thanks, Jack. Yeah.
2: So uh your marketing firm is uh wants to go with the moniker coffee the Washington coffee.
6: explain yourself
1: um, well, everybody loves coffee um there's there's not many people I know there's a few people I know that don't drink. Like caffeine in their lives, but there's also a few people I know that don't watch football. So um, uh, everybody loves coffee, and and uh, here in Wash in Washington D.C. there is um, a huge a huge local coffee movement. So we are trying to make sure that not only do we have a football team that everybody loves, at least the name of, um, but we're also throwing a little love to our local D.C. community by supporting our. Our local coffee shops. Um, so we are the Washington Caffeinators.
2: Oh wow! Okay, so it, now we're going to be selling a lot of merch. You know, with the yes. new team name. Tell us about mm-hmm. the logo a little bit. What logo? Oh, are you it's um. To put?
1: Absolutely. Um, it is a coffee bean
2: mm-hmm. as
1: the football.
2: Oh. Um, so we, we've got. Okay, I yes, see that. We gotta-
1: absolutely um and then uh, further marketing is uh we have a coffee cup with footballs exploding out of it um on the five helmet points. you've got a coffee bean thank you five you points. just got
2: a quick five points from jack wow. nice, yeah. nice jack.
1: jack nice um wow. yeah coffee bean coffee bean and then um the the mascot i'm sorry steve you might be afeard, um would be a giant coffee cup
6: Oh no! as a
1: giant coffee cup. Call
3: back
2: yes. to episode four.
3: Flashback
2: Yeah, I was horrified of, of anything that wasn't like a humanoid thing as a child. Absolutely horrified. I don't know when I got over it. Seven was just a very random guess so i'm sorry if that misled you i don't know when i got over my fear of giant creatures but um
0: <laughs> this has been a balderdash academy
2: flashback um uh, yes. yeah that was a funny one all right thank you very much marie that was that was no great i am thank very you. impressed by your pitch uh nate
1: or my what, what are, it's a pitch in baseball. What is it in football? It's a. Just, oh, you no, should stop on wow. your
2: head. Stop on <laughs> your head. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. So I like to see it crash and burn. That's my favorite part. All right. So. Um, <laughs> I
3: love her too much.
4: We are at a cruising it's altitude fun. and oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick, your,
2: your firm has come in here today. Um, and you have a very specific. Uh, moniker that you're trying to go with that involves us buying a new IP, which I'm not sure we have the budget for it. But if you can really pitch this, I'm going to be impressed. you want to call the team the Washington
4: Dobby the House Elves? Is that true? That is 100 percent true. And first, let me thank you for coming in on a Christmas Eve. Uh, It means a lot that we're meeting at 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So I just feel that this this is so important that you could not hear it. I had a shower thought. And I held on to it all day until 10. Here we go. Dobby the Elf. Mm -hmm. You know, he's here to make sure that you're getting everything you need. Um, Yep. And he is so grateful that he takes an article of clothing. And what we do is when somebody gives an article of clothing to the costume Dobby the Elf, we actually give that clothing to the local uh, uh, shelter. So that way they can use it. And in return, we give them a hot dog or something like that—something to show our thanks. And um, uh, that's baseball. It. But I know hot dogs are trademarked by baseball. We'll give them a—we'll give them a beer. Every tw- every fat twelve-year-old gets a beer. And um,
5: five points. And
4: fat or obese or just fat is fine. We're splitting hairs here. It's Christmas Eve. Give me a break. All right. Uh, so. We do this, and then at the end of the game, we christen another child to be the next game's Dobby the elf, and they get to don the football shaped head of Dobby with a couple football ears coming out. Oh wow! Okay, so it's kind of
2: a crossover. He's got it's a crossover, yeah.
4: And the footballs that we use for home games have uh, Dobby written all over them, uh, so that Fails? way when they go for for a kick, and they get they go through the double bars. Um, Then it's like Dobby's free, and this they it's a home run. Uh, again, baseball home run. I'm sorry, home run. It's ba- no, I'm so fine. sorry. You <laughs> can change the rules. I don't care. I've been up all day, and it's Christmas Eve. I I don't even think I'm going to make it home to my kids in California.
2: Oh, that's right. You can crash on the couch. Thank you, Nate. I really appreciate that pitch um so so far we have the uh, the football beans from marie and we have the free elves from nate let's check in with our good friend molly now molly uh i was very excited when i heard this because unlike nate's pitch which involves us you know buying the rights to a very specific character this is a specific character as well but one that uh, the rights are open to anyone you want to name the team the washington mother goose Yes. East. mother geese. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, it's uh Washington
2: Mother Goose,
3: actually. Mother so it's a Goose. so it's a play. It's a play. It's a nostalgia. We're going up for nostalgia here. Okay. Everyone knows that, especially now in this day and age, we like the warm and fuzzies. We want to feel safe. We want to feel comfortable. We want something we know well. We trust. What else do we trust than Mother Goose herself? Now, switching up the name a little bit, it's more of a slogan than the actual name. We could say you got goosed, um, which is not such a safe and comfortable thing, but more of like a, yeah, because you know that you have to have that kind of like cutting edge in your team as well. So we're balancing this nostalgia and also the competitive edge. Okay, so when we're talking, what we're looking at here, we have your typical mother goose character. We're talking loving, maternal, whimsical, but what we're doing, we're changing it up with the goose would actually be the W, that she's flying in on for oh, washing Wow,
2: that's huge, Mother okay. Goose.
3: Yes, it it is huge, and it is going to go over well because not only are you going to play off the nostalgia that people have, but you're going to bring in a whole new generation of viewers and fans. Wow.
6: Have,
4: okay. Am yeah, I allowed Nate, to question a, other people? Yeah, please, pitches? please. Yeah. Okay. All right. um, is the goose when it's flying over people? Is it going to poop on anybody? And do you, mm. yeah. mm. do you win a prize? Yeah. Do you win a
5: prize if the goose poops on you? Oh,
2: okay. Yes.
6: There you go. Yes, there you get a pr- of course, pr- promotional Jack, opportunity with Budweiser. Absolutely.
3: Maybe. When it poops, it's not, you know, like burr fecal metal from a bird. That'd be ridiculous. It's what everybody loves. Instead of a t shirt cannon, it's a goose poop. You get a t shirt.
5: <laughs> 10 points.
2: Wait, is that in addition to the five from earlier, Jack? Yes. Wow, yes. Bob, did you get a full 15 <laughs> already for Molly? Wow.
3: Are you setting me on. up for Master or there, Steve? Thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Jack is. This is not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're, you're all Jack, theory. I promise. <laughs>
3: so anyways, it's a great He's pitch, right. and it's a great idea, and it is the best idea that we have today, even on Christmas Eve
2: okay i love your i love your your confidence so much i'm not even gonna ask you a follow-up question molly that was really go good that was I'll a good catch sure. <laughs> thank you so much um well we got one final firm waiting outside on christmas eve so come on in sir uh we have bob here bob you were pitching um the washington priests i gotta say not my favorite out the gate but try and sell me on this uh, well you see
0: open your mind a little bit all right mm-hmm. so What's the big thing with America when you think America? You think freedom, you think freedom of speech, freedom of sure. religion. Why, because we have a separation of church and state. So, what does that mean for Washington, the team? Okay, well, here you have a football team in the middle of the center of government for the country, and it's not associated with the government, it's its own thing. Why? Because Congress is trending historically low,
2: priests yeah, the, the aren't doing are much not really better. Into government right now,
0: exactly. Priests aren't doing much better. But the way I figure it is, if we set this up as the Washington priests, we hmm. could do a marketing tie-in with the Padres. Brother, oh, okay. Another okay. franchise, okay. sports, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, we have the. Uh, the logo for the team, picture this. You know the flying Elvis and the Patriots? Mm-hmm. Imagine a priest's head in profile, the Cossack going out long behind it, and right. out in front of them, the censor that is a football. I mean, this practically writes itself.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. No, I'm seeing that logo right now, and that's that's a pretty powerful image. Are you worried at all about? People, you know, they want their specific religion represented by the football team and priests. Maybe they're too specific. Maybe we just get a generic holy man. Why? Why? Well,
0: see, that's the brilliance of using the hooded figure,
6: Mm. because Mm. while
0: the name might be priest, it's non-denominational. It's not even Christian. It is simply a generic term for somebody who preaches somebody else's words in exchange for donated money.
2: Okay. Yeah, Nate. Nate, uh, for some reason, is still on my couch and has a follow-up question.
4: Yes. I can't make it. I'm sorry. I can't make it home. My flight was canceled. Um. So, Bob, um, all right, now at the games, would you send around a little uh, donation bin? Hi. A little coffer asking people to kind of put in?
0: Well, of course. And for a number of reasons. Number one, we want to be on brand. We want to be with a theme. Number two, I believe... That football will take a massive hit this year. Um, I believe that it's probably going to take a massive hit for a couple of years. So what this allows us to do is by passing the proverbial hat, we'll do it digitally. It allows us to prop up an overbloated sports franchise warehouse that frankly should probably move to a handout system rather than a subsidy system. What do you say? Mm. It all works. Wow
2: i love it now a lot of famous stadiums have have nicknames you know the atlanta hawks play in the fortress Mm -hmm. you have a good tie-in with the religious aspect of what we would call the the stadium
0: yes yeah of course dogma stadium
2: oh wow Ah.
5: five points okay
2: i like that (laughs) thank you bob thank you so much um uh if you can't make it home uh there's a couch right over there. Um, thanks again for coming. <laughs> God, it's full it of it's currently full of one Nate and oh Marie's still here
4: too. Guys, it's not snowing that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got a nice place, but <laughs> you know, really I really
3: liked his pitch.
4: All right, I well, canceled my flight. I needed a I wanted more time with you.
2: Well, I, I don't know if that's sweet or creepy. Uh, luckily, <laughs> we both. don't have to decide right now. Jack gets to decide. And mm-hmm. Jack, you you've heard all these answers. Um and we of course, uh, from Marie we had the football beans. Uh, just love the Washington Caffeinators. Yeah, the, yes. the Caffeinators yes. was good. Uh, from from so good. from Nate we had the house the the free elves. Um, kind of the a kid would wear the outfit, do this mm-hmm. whole thing promotional. thing. Here's for twelve year olds. Yeah, yeah. yeah t- specifically twelve year olds. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. then of course we had Molly. She pitched the awesome idea of something kind of close to home that we can all kind of feel you know right in our childhood uh with the mother Goose, the washington mother Goose, it rolls right off the tongue i will say and oh, last gosh. but not least we had bob pitching the idea of separating church and state but keeping the religion and the politics together for some reason with football with <laughs> washington mm-hmm. priests check you've already handed out some bonus points in the middle there, I which i love love it what is Me your too. verdict here for the end of our segment
5: well i i just gotta i gotta give props to everybody for really really working with uh the prompts that they were given uh i i these are some real this is a really tough choice but i think i'm gonna have to go with uh the washington caffeinators uh just if, if for nothing else, then just the image of that mascot chasing you down,
6: <laughs> Steve specifically,
5: yeah, me Steve specifically,
3: specifically. <laughs> happy dreams,
2: and being Steve. like, hey, don't run away, I'm a caffeinator, I just All want right. to caffeinate you, Steve. Come I'm back,
6: you. what would you like Can to we... do for
2: points?
5: Uh, as far as points are concerned, I'm going to go ahead and give Marie another ten points for the caffeinators.
1: Thank you.
0: Another ten points so far. Our points are: uh, Nate with thirty-five, myself with forty, Steve with sixty, Molly with one hundred twenty-five, and Marie with one hundred and forty-five. Which means, wow, Marie, Yay, Marie!
2: will be performing wow. our mask charade. That's huge. How many so, wins does Marie have? Sorry, just want to check in. Uh, Marie, just the one. And okay. I always do charades.
6: <laughs> just the one.
2: You always so, lose your lead right here. <laughs> I,
3: think, I think everyone does.
0: Our next game is called Mask Charades. Jack will send his favorite movie to Marie. Marie will send him an instant message right now. Um, what's going to happen is we will then play a game of charades with, one, uh, with that movie... As the topic, the rest of the faculty will don blindfolds and try to guess the movie based on my poor description of Marie's charades.
6: Great
1: descriptions.
6: Are we ready?
0: All, right, All right. Masks on. Marie, are masks you ready?
1: On. Yeah, I'll, I'll come down as this niche.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's what she said. And <laughs> begin. It is a movie.
1: Got it. Yep. That's good. It's not an
0: audio book. <laughs> Face off. Five words. Oh my god! That was. That's only three. (laughs) (laughs) All right, she's reaching for her hip. She's holding her. She's pulling out a sword. What? She's driving Miss Daisy. (laughs) Uh, What's
3: that movie? She's
0: holding something. She's worried that the sword's gonna hurt her if she touches the blade. Is
2: it the Lord of the Rings? That's too vague. What's that
3: movie
2: She's like? putting something Highlander down over her face.
0: She's putting something down over her face. Mm-hmm. And
2: now she's Three breathing through it. Oh, is it Star Wars A New Hope?
6: <laughs>
2: Wait, Star, Star Wars Return of the Jedi? Oh, the oh it's
6: Empire one of these Star Strikes. Wars Strike right, Now back. she's Star down. Wars.
0: With her hands behind her head. Steve mm-hmm. said her it. Her head. One head.
5: Steve, Steve already said it. Back? Yeah, Steve already said it. Tiny.
1: Ooh. Oh, we already said it. Yes, Empire Strikes Steve Back. Steve got it. Steve got it. Oh. I was trying to be Darth Vader and Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. All right.
1: So he gave me Empire Strikes Back, but I, I said five words because it's the whole name of the movie. Yeah. And I felt be- weird being like, it's five, but you only gave me the three. You got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maximum yeah. time on that was 15 minutes. That's well under the maximum time. Very well minutes. done. 15 minutes? 15 15 That's minutes? the max time we normally do is 15 minutes. This was well under that <laughs> time. You guys nailed it in in very short 15 time. 15
3: uncomfortable <laughs> minutes. <laughs>
0: yeah, this time, oh you did not go that far. You did very well. Very well. So, Jack, how would you like to score
5: Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and say, first of all, five points to everybody for attempting this, because, like, it's always a challenge to try to just go off of just what secondhand visuals delivered via audio. Um, but, but, uh, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say 10 points to Steve for guessing correctly. Uh, it, it was, it was... Very amusing to hear all of you list like every other classic Star Wars movie <laughs> except Empire Strikes Back first. <laughs> so as soon, as soon as like a new hope came up, I was like, mm. uh,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get that five exactly.
5: and I wasn't sure about
2: the buzz. you know. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I was right.
5: Up. Yeah, and, I, and- I, 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 yeah, I to to Marie's credit, I only said Empire Strikes Back as opposed to Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, which is I think the official title. So. That's partially on me too. So. So it's six
1: words, and then if you include the episode, it's nine.
5: Right. Well, that's. But
0: they still got it. So very well done. Our scores are: Nate with forty points, myself with forty-five points, Steve with seventy-five, Molly with one thirty, and Marie in the lead with one hundred and fifty points. Join us when we return with a pop quiz for Marie. And technically correct, only on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Welcome back to Baldur Dash Academy. Our scores are... Nate with 40 points, myself with 45 points, Steve with 75, Molly with 130, and Marie in the lead with 150 points it's time for our final pop quiz of the night this pop quiz is from the professor of home ec and wellness professor marie stewart Harmon. marie
1: hello everybody i i um i have some one of the oldest diets in the book for you um in 2019 chris pratt very handsome um, Chris Pratt, um, went on the Daniel Fast Diet. What is the Daniel Fast Diet, is my question for you folks here this evening. Um, Nate, um, what is the Daniel Fast Diet?
4: Uh, Well, it can be many things. It's it's named after Daniel Day-Lewis, who is very method, and uh, basically you copy what he eats, and depending upon what he is filming, it... Completely changes what you're supposed to be eating. He's a very so, method
1: actor. Yeah.
4: 10 points. yeah. Yeah. So it's the Daniel Day Lewis diet.
1: All right. Sweet. Wonderful. Um, um, Steve, because you're not looking at me, what is the Whoa. Daniel fast diet?
2: <laughs> okay. So this is um, fasting diets are very popular right now. And um, traditionally what you do is you fast like maybe like 16, 18 hours, something like that. And what you end up doing is eating two meals, maybe one big meal. And the rest of the time you're letting your body kind of, uh, digest all that food. It's supposed to be really healthy for you to lose weight and good for digestion, all that stuff. This is just, this is just like that. Um, so you're only eating one meal. You're fasting for about 20 hours. Okay. And you have four hours to eat this one meal. This was designed specifically for Chris Pratt. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but, um, if you break down his name, uh, it actually tells you what the one thing he's going to eat every day is. And, um, he eats the same thing every day. Um. It's a crisp rat. Okay.
1: Oh, a crisp rat? Yeah,
2: crisp. Okay, so what happened was his dietitian oh, oh, they oh, said, you're, you're working on crisp rat, right? And what the dietitian read was crisp rat because he just took it down mm-hmm. over the phone. So he designed this entire diet where someone only eats one thing a day and it's one crisp rat.
1: For wow. Chris Pratt specifically. specifically.
2: Exactly. Got yeah. It. it was kind of a it awesome. was a clerical mistake, but then Chris Chris Pratt ended up losing all the weight that he needed for the role. And uh, so it ended up working out. Seven yeah, points for creativity, go. Steve. Seven points, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man.
1: Um, Molly, what do you know about the Daniel Fast diet?
3: So the Daniel Fast diet is a combination of a few things. It really slims down celebrities or any normal folk uh, who wants to try it. It is based on watching episodes of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood really really fast okay (laughs) while you're watching these episodes of daniel tiger's neighborhood you take a shot every time you question why daniel is the only one not wearing pants (laughs) so by the end of by of (laughs) by the end of each episode you are thoroughly hammered because who doesn't question that quite often why is it And so by the end, completely obliviated, really drunk, you pass out. When you wake up, you start all over again. Season two, baby. So you're basically just consuming alcohol, sometimes having a hangover in the morning and doing your thing, and then getting right back into it, losing all the weight you
1: need. And this is indefinitely.
2: (laughs) God, I hope not. Until your liver gets
1: Uh, out. How long? How long?
3: It's an indefinite diet. Well, no. I mean, there's only several seasons of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. So Mm -hmm. when you get to the end, you go back to your nutritionist. They reassess if you should watch the series again or if you should move on to something else.
1: That makes perfect sense to coin a phrase from our headmaster. Hey, Bob, headmaster, what do you know about the Daniel Fast diet?
0: (laughs) I know a lot about the Daniel Fast diet. Daniel Fast was a toddler who was a very picky eater. He refused to eat certain foods. And, uh, for example, anything fun he didn't like. No bacon. Didn't eat a lot of meat, not a lot of cakes. He hated beans. Would not eat beans. Vegetables, right out. It's basically a diet that consists completely of Oreos and applesauce. (laughs)
6: and chicken nuggets
0: the uh holy trinity of toddler food stuffs
1: got it got it what about mac and cheese Um, is that
2: the fourth one
0: mac and cheese is picky what type of mac is it like craft mac you're talking craft dinner spirals you throw a spiral at a toddler they don't know what to make of it you you got a screaming kid and there's yellow sauce stuck to the wall and ceilings
3: (laughs) Mm. unless it's spider man shapes
2: And then it's
0: stuck everywhere [SSSS1] because Spider-Man does whatever a spider can and spiders (laughs) go everywhere.
1: These are all really, really um, good ideas for fasts and diets that one might uh, take on as a way of losing weight or becoming more healthy. Um, I... I'm hesitant as whether I want to give you the answer before we have Jack score you or not. Jack, would mm. you like to hear the answer before I give the scores, or would you like to score them now?
5: Could I get a sum up of our of our answers real quick before
1: Absolutely? I... We have Nate's Daniel Day Lewis diet. It's whatever right. Daniel Day Lewis is eating mm-hmm. when he is in a character, which is probably very different from, you know, gangs of New York to Lincoln.
6: Maybe it's similar. Nice, no. oh, nice. No. nice. Um, you got two. You got two uh, movies for, that he's in. Um,
1: for Steve. But it
2: the exact same year, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been if <laughs> if that was the fast story, it would have been called Daniel Day lose it.
1: Oh
3: Ooh, man, nice, my man. Perhaps no, that after, is. It was named
4: after his movie My Left Foot, where he yeah. wanted to be a runner, but he couldn't because he had two left feet.
1: Fast, <laughs> got
2: it.
4: Yeah. That, yeah. That's what the movie's yeah. about.
1: Yeah. We have we have Steve's one meal in a four hour, 24 hour period. You get one meal in your 24 hours and it takes place in a four hours and it is based off of the consumer of the diet. So for Chris Pratt, he had. Crisp rats, rats yes. for his diet. Yes. Um, for Molly, we had the uh, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood viewing party, where you take a shot every time you wonder about pants. Which for me would inevitably end in throwing up. So a great way to lose weight fast, and repeat well. the next day. So, um, and then we've got we've got Bob's toddler food, whatever toddlers eat specifically oreos and applesauce um so that's your those are our suggestions here gotcha Mm -hmm. Mm
5: -hmm. all really really interesting suggestions i for amusement alone i'm gonna have to go with molly's uh on daniel tiger uh and (laughs) the everlasting uh binge shots shots
1: shots 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 bewilderment
5: oh (laughs) Just how many points? Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say let's say 21 points.
1: (laughs) Woo! All right, for drinking age. I see what you
3: did there. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Would you like to know what the actual there's a reason that I said it's one of the oldest in the book. The Daniel fast is religiously rooted, short-term eating plan drawn from the book of Daniel, which appears in the Old Testament. Mm. In the story, Daniel decides to avoid rich, indulgent foods that surround him and have nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink for 10 days. Most contemporary guides direct followers to eat only food grown from seeds, such as fruit, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains for 21 days and to cut out alcohol... And caffeine and meat and dairy and fats and processed foods. Um, it's very, very similar to a vegan diet today, but even potentially healthier because it eliminates processed foods that can come with lots of sugar, fat, salt and preservatives. So this is one of the oldest diets in the world.
2: Marie, I think that's the the second half of the diet where then you go and live in a lion's den uh, and it, it becomes that, really that, yeah, hard yes. to eat well, at that point. It yeah. is the official diet of the
0: Washington Priests. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. that's right. right now, we have a tie for last place between Nate and myself with 45 points. Steve is at 82. Marie is at 150. And Molly is at 151. Oh my points. god! <laughs> <laughs> nice. I knew that that was oh at god.
1: one point. Oh and that god, leads
0: man. us to our next 30 seconds or less. Jack, diamonds are made of what? Diamantium, carbon,
5: or quartz? Carbon, I believe. Carbon pr- pr- placed under immense immense pressure and stress for many many years. So mm. You
0: are correct. I'm going to give you ten <laughs> points. Nice. All correct. right. So, hello. Oh, yeah. Our next game is called Technically Correct. I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Huh. Our faculty members will all come up with an answer as fast as possible. Jack will award points so based on the answer pressure. that he likes best. Our first question. Mm. Okay. This movie right. is a son looking for his father refuses to eat his vegetables. Marie. Um,
1: um, honey, I shrunk the kids.
0: Honey, I shrunk the kids. Nate. Uh, the Good Dinosaur. Good Dinosaur. Steve. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and Molly.
3: Finding Nemo
0: finding nemo so the correct answer uh so first jack we have marie with honey i shrunk the kids nate with a good dino steve with the turn of the jedi molly with finding nemo the correct answer was popeye
2: Uh, nice
0: looking for his father and refusing to eat his vegetables yes so popeye how
2: would you like to score there is robin williams
3: Oh, God, I have to see this with
2: my kids. It's really good. I I remember being good as a kid. I don't know if it holds up necessarily, but I like it it as a kid. It holds
5: up pretty good. I actually never saw that one, although I I heard it did not hold up, unfortunately.
2: Um, (laughs) There's a giant octopus, right, in the finale? (sighs) Yeah. I didn't
4: like it. like that? Yeah.
5: Um, Well, if Nate didn't like it. But yeah, uh, I have a a bias towards Star Wars, so Steve is the winner of that round, and I'm going to go ahead and give him... Uh 20 points for that.
6: Whoa.
0: Yeah, that's
2: that's
5: big. Money. There
0: is nothing wrong with a bias towards Star Wars, our next movie. <laughs> that's
2: true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a girl moves from Africa to the Midwest and studies plastics.
6: Oh,
1: I know this. Mean girls. Molly. Clueless. That's how and I am Nate. right now. <laughs>
4: Uh, I'm going to say Star Wars Episode One. The Muppet. I know. With Jar Jar being says a Muppet. I'll give you five points for effort there, Nate. Thanks. All right.
2: And uh, Steve, what do you have? Uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right.
2: Pretty sure that sums it up.
0: All right. So we have Molly with Clueless, Marie with Mean Girls, Nate. With A New Hope, The Muppet Movie. And Steve, <laughs> with Apocalypse Now, the correct answer was Marie's Mean Girls.
5: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you were so close, though, Nate. Um, all right, let's see. So, Steve, I'm giving you five points for Apocalypse Now because that is an inspired <laughs> toss in there. <laughs> 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 but uh, but I thought... uh. Mean Girls, yes, was the, obviously the correct answer, and I think Marie will win that one with uh, the 20 points there. However, I think I'm also going to need to reward 15 points to Molly because uh, Clueless was actually a good like second thing to put in there after Mean Girls.
3: An quality yes. film.
5: Plus, it was how I was feeling
3: at the moment. <laughs>
5: right. Hey, inspiration. Both. Our next
0: movie uh, a man kisses a corpse with an audience. Steve, what do you have?
2: Uh Burke and Hare.
0: That's a great movie. Burke and Hare. Molly, what? What? Um <laughs> 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 Okay, think of a movie. Think um, of a, movie. Um,
3: a man kisses a corpse. It's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Nightmare Before Christmas, Marie.
1: Snow White. Ooh,
4: Snow White ooh. and Nate. Oh, Godfather Part Three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the
2: Muppet version,
0: the
6: though. One I don't obviously. need to watch, nope. right?
0: <laughs> we have Steve with the brilliant Birkin hair, Molly with Nightmare Before Christmas, Marie with Snow White, and Nate with the Godfather Three. The correct answer was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
5: Marie takes
6: wow. it again. <laughs> Marie,
2: two.
5: Did
6: That's that, huge. You were on. Yeah. yeah.
5: How would you like to? I've score? never gotten, gotten them right. right. Fifteen points to Marie for <gasps> nailing that right on the head, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say another ten points to Molly for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's another really good choice. It's
1: great
5: film. Yes. All this right. is gonna be neck and neck. Oh my god. All uh, right. It right now is neck and neck. The oh my god. The final film.
0: He, a man finds love oh. through augmented reality.
4: Oh, Nate. God. Uh, Shawshank Space Odyssey. <laughs>
6: Twenty <laughs> points! <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> All
0: right, twenty points for Nate for Shawshank Space Odyssey. Steve, uh, this is obviously Muppets in Space. Muppets points. in Space. Molly, <laughs>
3: um, Train Spotting.
0: Train Spotting and Marie. <laughs> I-,
1: I think it's The Matrix. Matrix. Keanu and that other girl fall in love, right?
0: That other Trinity. girl. Neo and Trinity. So,
6: yeah. A man
0: finds love through augmented reality. We have Nate with Shawshank in space. We have Steve with Muppets in space. We have Molly with train spawning. We have Marie with the Matrix. Marie was the closest. The actual answer was Avatar.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That movie was so something. Yeah. Long.
0: Jack, how would you like to score? <laughs> um
3: Oh my god. Wow. Jack, this is a big score right now. Just let's take a moment. <laughs> I haven't done any math. Let's just take a moment. <laughs> and really feel in our soul.
5: All you need to do is give me feel. like a
2: hundred points and I might be able to win it still. So. Uh, I'll
1: turn the tables. Oh my god. The fact uh, that I'm actually in the running makes me need to like pee really, really
5: bad. <laughs> 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 I feel right. giddy. Okay. <laughs>
2: um, uh... Oh my god!
5: No
4: pressure. No Jen. pressure.
1: No pressure. None I've only whatsoever. won once. Um, I've
5: only won once. I love both of the space answers, uh, but hang on, hang on, could you could you give me a recap of the answers one more time? Sorry. Yes, my we have Nate with Shawshank
0: Redemption in space, mm-hmm. Steve oh with gosh. Muppets in space, yes. <laughs> Molly with Train Spotting, yes. and Marie with The <laughs> Matrix.
5: Marie, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you five points for being closest Um, I'll take it and then I'll I'm sorry the Shawshank in space is still just tickling me so much I'm going to (laughs) give Nate another another 20 points 20 points for Nate (laughs) one. so
4: that that, that would be a good premise I won!
0: That leads us <laughs> Again? to no. today's moral. So, after talking tonight, after um, listening to the answers that we had, and after playing the games that we did this evening, one thing is very, very clear. Mm. When in doubt, <laughs> always go with Coffee
6: coffee always wins
3: namaste
0: all right so that leads us to our final points our point total right now at last place is myself with 45 points next it's Nate with 90 steve with 107 okay
6: okay oh god
0: and now we're down to molly or marie look at those necks Molly has 181 points. Winning okay. tonight in her second ah, time is oh, Marie 185 Marie. points. Wow. Thanks, Marie. Husband's going to be so proud. Four point, four point a <laughs> victory. Wow. So, Jack, yeah, thank it. you for joining us tonight. You can Never. find more information Jack. about his upcoming projects, about his music, about his collaboration, and his podcast. They're all in the description. Most of what we talk about in any of our shows, it's usually in the description. Mm -hmm. Thank you for visiting us at Balderdash Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Welcome again! (laughs) Coach of the Balderdash (laughs) Academy Dasher, Steve Corning. We'll get him next time. (laughs) The Professor... Of English Language Arts, Molly McGill.
3: If I had to lose to anyone, I'd lose to Marie. And Kimberly. our current
0: reigning champion, Professor of Home and Wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon.
1: Thank you, Jack, for my second win. I'm very excited about it.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome, Marie. Jack, <laughs> thank you for joining us. You're welcome at any time. Oh
1: my gosh, thank you guys oh so my much. God. This has
0: been a blast.
1: You're so fun. Good. Thank you, Thank you for safe. watching
0: Balderdash Academy. We'll see you later.
6: Take care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you guys!
3: <laughs> Check out our new Teachers Lounge podcast on Wednesday, and then welcome visiting Professor Fred Greenhalge. Fred is an award-winning, internationally recognized leader in the revival of audio drama. His work includes Lock and Key and The X-Files for Audible. Next week, we talk about his craft and his time working with Joe Hill, David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, Kate Melgrew, Stephen King, and Zachary Quinto. And most importantly, our own Marie Stewart Harmon and past visiting professor Sean French. Catch it November 16th, right here on Balderdash Academy.
0: Boulder Dash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Think Fish Tank. Performed and written by Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2020 Robert J LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All rights reserved. Go Dashers. Good night and thank you for listening to the podcast. We have options available if you'd like to support the show directly or show your school colors with some Balderdash Academy merchandise. For more information on the show, support options or merchandise, please visit our website at balderdashacademy.com. Thank you for listening and have a good night.
3: Loving what you're hearing? Now imagine if you could actually see Molly's point-winning angry face. Marie's up-close-and-personal lean-in, Nate's—where is he now? Is he in the bathroom still? Steve's coveted sweatband, and Bob's juggling of all things tech. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. See
6: all this and more by catching episodes on Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.